Well, praise the Lord. Welcome to the broadcast today. We're excited that you are here with us whenever it is you're watching. I'll make my way to the pulpit and we will dig into 2 Timothy chapter 2. Today, going to have a great broadcast today. Wonderful things God will show us today in His wonderful words of life. How blessed we are to have a Bible, the Word of God. You know, people haven't even had Bibles except uh, over the last 400 to 500 years, more like 400 years. And we're so blessed to be able to hold in our hands a Bible, the Word of God, and to learn His wonderful words of truth. This is Cross Time with Pastor Curtis every Friday morning at 9 a.m. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson. Glad to have you. And as I said, we're digging into 2 Timothy. We're in chapter 2 today. This will be part 7. And uh, we're just always excited to be here with you sharing God's Word. And again, uh, let's just uh, ask the Lord today to help us to be able to hear from Him to receive that which He has for us today. For surely He has something for us today to impart to us today. I just believe that every day God has something called daily bread, words of life to be imparted into our whole, into our souls. For those who will diligently seek Him, He will diligently be found rewarding them. And uh, we're just so excited about that. And Father, we just ask You today to have Your way in this Bible study, to reach far and wide, to touch the hearts of those, Lord, who are hungry for You, hungry to know You, Lord, just to learn Your ways and not to grieve You, but to please You. We just ask You to impart the words of the truths of life that are hidden not from us but for us in your word and we ask it all in Jesus name today. Amen. In January next month in the uh, uh, Hampton Inn there in Lima, Ohio Robin and I will be there and uh, we will be there that Saturday all day again that is January the 15th and 16th that weekend, that Saturday, we will be in the Hampton Inn in Lima, Ohio. And I just encourage you, if you live anywhere near there, to come and be a part of that all-day meeting. We'll, we'll have a meeting starting at 10, and then we'll break at lunch. We'll come back at 5 that afternoon and just have a great time in the Lord. And I, I promise you the Lord has got something for us. And please be in prayer concerning uh, the travel and the, 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 the meetings and, and the, the that we continue to be able to have the liberty that we have to share God's Word, to meet together as the, as the people of God in this nation. Hard times are coming. I expect hard times to come. We're living in the last days. You need to know that. You also need to know that God is going to... I know this is, sounds ugly and awful, but it's the way it is. God is going to strip this nation of all that His people have trusted in. Everything we've trusted in, it doesn't matter if we've been ignorant of it or we've intentionally, makes no difference. God is going to strip this nation of all that His people have trusted in. If you want to see the silliness of, of how, how the church, how we can be so silly, I say we can be so silly, when hard times come and no matter what it is, uh, we just seem to go that direction and just go, go, go in that direction, such as all the political 
political uh, things that are going on today in our nation that have always gone on in other nations, but it's, it's things taking place in our nation now that's not taking place in a long, long, long time, maybe never as it is today. And, and, and all of a sudden the church just goes political. The church goes, no, that, no, 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 that's not our mission. And don't listen to those who use words of men's wisdom to try to prove their case and their point. We are here to preach the gospel, to live the gospel, and to present our lives to God every day as lives that are becoming the gospel. You and I need to know that. And that I don't care what men come along using words of men's wisdom. We need to stick with the word of God. We need to pray. We need to vote. And we need to preach and live the gospel. Hallelujah. It's the most important thing that we're found as Christians doing, expressing our Jesus Christ, our Savior, through our very lives each and every day. I know a lot of people don't agree with that, but you'll see in the days ahead that, that you're going out and you're doing all these things, trusting in all these things will have been futile. You're going to see it in, in days to come. But Jesus will always be faithful to bring you through everything. And hallelujah. So today in 2 Timothy chapter 2, <clears throat> this is session 10 again, uh, and today is December the 4th, 2020. And uh, here, let's read 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 19. The Bible says, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Having this seal, the Lord knows them that are His. And let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. Now, we're going to hang out here for a few minutes today because this is very important that we understand what the foundation of God really is because that's what the Bible says is standing sure. And that's what the Bible here says has a seal. That means a, a stamp. It's very significant. It's that word seal we'll get to in a minute. It means uh, that which is genuine. The word seal, one of the definitions of the word seal is that which is genuine. We'll get to that. But also, it's those who have, are, they've named the name of Christ and they're departing from iniquity. And we'll see that this is all pertaining to what that foundation is which is Christ and Him crucified. We're going to look at the word foundation for a few minutes today and see some things. But before we do that, I want us to always, I want us to do what we always do in my Bible studies, and that is this. I want us to back up a verse or two and scratch our feet and begin to roll into where we're going to be fresh and in you today because if we don't do that, we, we'll just take off here where we are and we won't really understand the way we should understand. So when Paul says in verse 19, nevertheless, then we have to look back and see well what was going on and what was Paul saying and pointing to and warning about <coughs> before he says, but nevertheless. Let's back up and look at that. And he talks about here in verse 16. Let's just start in verse 16. But shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase under, unto more ungodliness. 
just profane and vain babblings. I'm not going to teach on that again. Go back and listen to the prior broadcast that you can find on Curtis Hutchinson 316, the YouTube channel. Again, that's Curtis Hutchinson 316. Please subscribe to when you get there. And also the Pastor Curtis Facebook page. Also the website, thecrosswaychurch.com. Or if you have a Spreaker app, you can find our page, Crossway Church, and go back and listen to the prior broadcast and you'll see each verse uh, explained uh, using, uh, you know, the Strong's Concordance and breaking down the words and, and so that we can get a better grip on what God is saying to you and to me. He says, but shun, move away, ignore, push aside. <coughs> Profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness, and their word will eat as does a canker. We explained that. Of whom is Hymenius and Philetus. He calls their names of who the troublemakers are, those that are teaching and preaching contrary uh, doctrines other than that which Paul taught. And then verse 18, he says, Who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already and they're overthrowing the faith of some. And this is what's going on. This is what Paul is pointing to and warning about to shun these people who are overthrowing the faith of those by teaching and preaching truth but in error. It's not truth. It's the Word of God but in error. It's taking that which has been taught but putting their twist on it. And boy, is that not where the church is today. Oh my goodness. Teaching you got to be water baptized to go to heaven. You got to speak in tongues to go to heaven. You got to do this. You got to do that. All these fads that rush in. My friends, we just need to stick with the simplicity of Jesus Christ, which is what He did for us at Calvary. It's those who believe who are counted righteous, not those who work, for that's not grace. And it's got to be by faith, the Bible says, so that it can be by grace. That's why God has chosen everything dealing with men and Him to be by faith. Romans 4, 16 tells us why. That it might be by grace. Grace is what God does. God, for God to be able to be involved, <coughs> and He can't be pleased unless He's involved. i said it for years. God only honors what God does. God's only pleased with what He's involved in, what He does. You need to understand that. God's not pleased with your works He's pleased with His works in you and through you. Amen. And His work that provides salvation and the power to live saved was only and exclusively provided by His Son at Calvary. Amen. Hebrews 4 tells us the works were finished from the foundation of the world. But manifest in these last days for you and me. That's talking about Jesus and what He did at Calvary. So when somebody comes along and begins to uh, teach anything other than Christ did the work, the work of redemption uh, by Himself, Hebrews 1-3, purged us by Himself, purged us from our sins. We didn't help in the matter. When you begin to hear other things <coughs> as, <coughs> other than that and you begin to hear people telling stupidity, stupid things such as the resurrection has already passed, 
There's been many resurrections. There's been many people who've been taken up. The two witnesses will be taken up. The church is going to be taken up, resurrected. The same thing as the rapture and the dead in Christ rising. All before that thousand year period of us reigning with Jesus Christ on this earth. Hallelujah. So we need to pay attention. We need to watch where the profane and vain babblings are coming from because they'll eat you up like a canker worm, like a cancer. <clears throat> and these people concerning the truth have erred, saying the resurrection is past already and overthrow the faith of some. Then Paul says, Nevertheless, the foundation of God is still standing sure, my friends, having this seal. The Lord knows them better. He is. Remember the great white throne judgment, the, 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 the judgment for all the lost people that's ever lived. God's going to say, I, I don't know you. Depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I, he don't know them. But he knows those who are his, and we will all be at the judgment seat of Christ. Thank God for that. The foundation of God stands sure. No, doesn't matter doesn't matter how many false teachers are out there and how wicked the world becomes and how loud the devil who is roaring as a lion roars. It, all those things will be here until we're gone and we're with Christ and they will grow worse and worse and darker and darker. Hallelujah. But the path the Lord has placed us on is the path of the just, the path of the righteous. And he's promised that that path will shine more until that perfect day. Make sure you're on the right path, my friend. Faith in the cross gets you on the right path. Not doing something, not going to this church, that church, uh, uh, uh. None of that gets you anything. What gets you everything with the Lord is where he gave everything for you at the cross. You put your faith in Christ, what he did at Calvary, you're on the path that's shining brighter every Every day. If the path you're on is not shining brighter every day, it's because you're not on it and you need to get back to it. And the only way to the path of the just is through faith in what God did in His Son Jesus at the cross to justify you and to put you on the right path. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Everybody all right? Everybody all right? Praise the Lord. Praise God. We're just excited to be here and uh, to be sharing these wonderful things today. Let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. You know, Christians, when we got saved, we departed from iniquity. You do understand that, right? When, when we got saved, we, we, we departed from iniquity. And I'm just testing a couple things here. And, uh, but we're good to go. And I want you to know that you need to learn how to live where sin, the sin nature, is not dominating you. It's, it's not controlling you. And, and, and you daily, daily, child of God, learn how to depart from that that's trying to grab a hold of you. And it happens through false doctrine. Let me go back to something I said. There will always be the world, false ministers, false doctrine, a roaring devil, our stinking flesh, but we have a refuge. His name is Jesus and what he did at Calvary. 
we have, uh, listen, a stronghold in Christ and, and, and we can cling to Him. But, but we're not going to be able to do that if we're trusting in things that are not right, things that are false. That's what Paul is talking about here and we're going to keep it in that context because that's the context that's being written here. He's, and we're going to see some powerful things today. The foundation of God stands sure no matter what's going on around you. The foundation of God stands sure no matter what's going on around you. The best picture we've ever had of that as we look to Christ and what He did at Calvary, it looked like if that was of God, it fell apart. It didn't work out, Jesus. Oh, but it worked out, my friends. What looked like the, 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 the defeat of Christ was Jesus Christ defeating every principality and power and making a new and living way through His flesh that took place, the laying down of His flesh on the cross for you and me. So we need to make sure we always look to Calvary because when things feel like they're just falling apart in the faith and on the path of the just, they're falling into place. And you need to remember that for the days ahead. The foundation of God stands sure. The foundation of God stands sure. It's sure. And the foundation of God, as we'll look at today, is the redemptive plan of God. So let's look at a few things today. The foundation of God here is referring to the cross of Jesus Christ. Nothing else. Nothing else. And we'll see that. The redemptive plan of God. It's the only place that anyone can name the name of Christ and depart from iniquity. He says here, the Lord knows those who are His and let everyone that names the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And I want to share something with you this morning from 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. And such were some of you. Talking about sinners, vile. Not going back and bring all that in. But he says, but you are washed. You've been washed by the blood. You are sanctified. You are just... Watch very carefully now. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. You are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Now, if we're justified in the name of the Lord Jesus. And Romans chapter 5 verses one, verse 1 tells us we're justified by faith. In verse 9 in Romans 5 tells us we're justified by the blood. Well, what is it? Is it, is it by faith or is it the blood or is it the name of Jesus? Here's where we see and understand. And I hope you'll write those scriptures down and let the Holy Spirit reveal to you that you can't separate the name of Jesus from what He did. Jesus means Savior. Yeshua, it means Savior. And He saved you at the cross. Nowhere else did He save you. He saved you at the cross. He justified you through His redemptive work at Calvary. That was Him declaring His name. You remember? And oh, this is so good. Make a note of this. This will bless you. Back in Exodus 32, 33, 34, when Moses asked the Lord to show me your glory, he takes Moses, he puts him in the cleft of the rock, symbolic of him putting us in the piercing 
of Christ, what he did at Calvary, because Jesus Christ is our pierced rock of ages, hallelujah. But in type and shadow, he put Moses in the cleft of the rock, and then he passed by Moses to show him his glory, the Bible says there in Exodus. He declared his name to him. Oh, hallelujah. And this is where we see that we were justified in the name of the Lord We were justified by this heart we have believing unto His work of righteousness and the Lord put us in Christ when He was pierced for our sins and iniquities. He is that rock of ages, hallelujah, that hang on Calvary's cross. And when we trusted in that work to be forgiven of our sins, we were placed in that rock of ages. We were placed in Christ, hallelujah, and God begin to reveal to us that hope of glory that we now have who is Jesus Christ dwelling in us. Glory to God. We need to remember that. That's a powerful story back in Exodus when Moses asked God to show him his glory. So he puts him in the cleft of the rock and then he passes by and he says he proclaimed his name unto him. And when he proclaimed his name unto him, he proclaimed those things which only the blood of Jesus could bring about. That he would forgive the iniquities of thousands upon thousands. Come on now. Go back and read that story. That'll bless you because that's a picture of what would take place on Calvary's cross. Hallelujah. Nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. It has this seal. And here we go with the definition of the word seal. It means the stamp impressed as a mark of privacy or genuineness. You see, genuine Christianity, not what everybody else is calling Christianity, genuine biblical Christianity that sticks with The Bible, not all these other words, not all these other writings and books and the lost books of this and the lost books of that. We've got a found book. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The lost books might as well still be lost. God found what we needed and found us and gave it to us. Hallelujah. And by faith we believed it. You need to understand that. The genuine of Christianity is those who've called on the name of Jesus and no other name. Not through Mary. That's, that's not Christianity. And my friend, people who are doing that are still not saved. People who are out there teaching that Mary wasn't a sinner and Mary was divine just like Jesus. That, that, you're not saved believing that. Because... You can't, believe, you can't take your sins to a pope, to a priest. They can't do anything with your sins. Only Jesus died. Only Jesus died for your sins. And a pope and a priest and Mary, there are no intercessors between God and man. The Bible says except the man, 
Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. You need to remember that. When you move outside the Bible, you move outside the possibility of being saved, the possibility of learning how to live saved. The poss- the, the, when you move outside the, the, the limitations, the boundaries rather of God's Word, you've moved outside the boundaries of God's righteousness because it's only God's words that are in righteousness. And God's words are not what other men are saying they found in this lost book, in that lost book. It's in what God ordained and canonized as Scripture and has given to us. Hallelujah. When you bring anything contrary to what I just said into the scene, then you, my friend, have exalted your thoughts against the knowledge of God. You've got the Word of God. It's complete. It's complete. If it's not complete, then what makes you think We can trust it. It's complete. And being in Christ completes us, the Bible says. Hallelujah. So the Lord knows them that are His. Well, who are they that have this seal? They are those who name the name of Christ, not Christ and Mary, not Christ and the purpose-driven life, not Christ and Christ. Christ alone paid the price Forgive me of sin and make me a child of God, not Christ and Christ and Him crucified, period. Hallelujah. That's the only Christ and God accepts. There are no salvation outside. That's not Christ and water baptism. We need to teach on that pretty soon. Ephesians chapter 4, the Bible says there's one Lord, one faith, one baptism. Well, there are many lords, but Jesus is the Lord of salvation, the Lord of Lords. (laughs) There are many faiths, but there's only one faith that saves. There are many baptisms, even among Christians, there are many baptisms. Baptism with the Holy Spirit, baptism into water, baptism into the death of Christ, but there's only one baptism that saves, and it ain't water baptism. It's the immersion into the death of Jesus Christ. You need to begin to share that on social media and with your family, co-workers, friends, wherever you are. It's not water baptism. It's not Holy Spirit baptism. It's not baptized with a... There's only one baptism that saves, and that's being immersed into the death of Jesus through faith. (laughs) Don't you know that as many of us have been baptized into Christ, have been baptized into His death. So when the Bible says they that believe and are baptized, it's not talking about water baptism because you can't do a work to save yourself. It's not Christ and something you do It's Christ and what He did alone. He purged us from our sins by Himself, Hebrews 1 and 3. And if you don't understand baptism, all your life you'll cause people to err from the truth and the faith. Just like we're talking about here. If you don't understand that there's one baptism that saves, and that's being immersed into the death of Jesus, Romans 6, 3. If you, all your life, your daddy, your granddaddy, your great-granddaddy and all this denominational mess that teaches you've got to be water baptized to be saved, that's equivalent 
to the Judaizers telling the people they got to be circumcised to be saved. You can find that in Acts 15.1. They tell them you're not saved unless you're circumcised. Folk running around today, you're not saved unless you are baptized in water and you need to be baptized in water as a sign. Oh yes, it's only a sign. It's only an act of obedience that, that you've already believed. You're walking in the footsteps of your father Abraham. That faith, the Bible says in Romans 4, that faith we walk in. And what was that? What was the faith of Abraham? Circumcision didn't save him. He was righteous before he was righteous before God before he was circumcised. The fourth chapter of Romans tells us. It was that he believed God and God counted his faith as righteousness. Hallelujah. Much good stuff there. So there's too many people preaching error that's causing the faith of some, many rather, to be shipwrecked. So, nevertheless, the foundation of God stands sure. Now, let's read Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 and 20. This is a Bible study on Friday mornings. <clears throat> so, always bring your Bible. Now, therefore, this is Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 and 20. Now, therefore, you are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God. We're no more strangers to God. We're no more strangers to the people of God. We're no more foreigners. We're now fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God and are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone of that foundation. Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone. He's the one who's holding the foundation together. He is what makes the foundation the foundation. And what allows him to be the foundation God builds on is something that took place before the foundation of the world that makes him that chief cornerstone. And that's what he would do for you and me at Calvary. Revelation 13 8 says that the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. This means in the plan of God, the mind of God. You see, God sees everything right now all that ever has been, is, or will be right now. It's all there in His view. It's all there in His view. A million trillions of light years from now, God is already there. He sees it there. His plan, He sees it. And before He set this plan of He is with men to be created in His image in motion, the answer for sin was already taken care of. He had to do it because we couldn't. He knew we would sin. He didn't plan for us to sin. Make sure you're not being taught that. But He had the answer for what we chose to do because surely we have free choice. Just like the everything God's created has choice, not the earth. The earth obeys His commands and He runs it. But He gave angels choice. A third of them chose to rebel and they got kicked out. He gave those people, all people were created in God's image. He gave us choice. We get to choose. 
Don't dare be sitting under those that are teaching in that false Calvinistic predestination unbiblical teaching that God just decided who would go to heaven and who would go to hell. No, God created men in His image and He created us as free moral agents and we get to choose. And we chose, yes, I know, He chose us, but look at Ephesians 1 and 4. It says He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world. What does that mean that he, he chose us? Yes, He chose us, but where did He choose us? He chose us when He saw us who knows how long ago before He set this up. There is no time that we can even talk about really. But He saw all those who would trust in Christ. And you have to believe this way because if you don't, then you automatically have to believe that God created people to suffer in hell and torment, separated from Him, so horrible for all eternity. And that's not in your Bible. What is in your Bible is that it's not God's will that any should perish. That Jesus Christ tasted death by the grace of God, Hebrews 2.9, for all men. You have to believe the Word of God, not what Grandpa taught you, not what some denominational mess tried to twist the Scriptures to make you believe, but just what the Bible says. It's not God's will. It's never been God's will for anybody to go to hell. The Bible says that hell wasn't even created for people. See? See? Do you see? Will you just simply believe the Word of God? instead of daddy and grandpa and some preacher who doesn't obviously know the Word of God and doesn't know how to rightly decide the word of, divide the Word of God, which is something else we've studied in this very chapter. Again, the lamb was slain before the foundation of the world. Before God set this thing in motion, the foundation was already laid. The chief cornerstone already put in place. That's Christ and Him crucified. You and I were already chosen in Him because God saw, God saw before He set this plan of His with men in motion, everyone who would be with Him for all eternity, everyone who would be in hell and torment, the lake of fire for all eternity, He saw that. God didn't, you need to hear this today. God did not write His plan out and then just, and then just stick people in it. No, God looked out and saw what men would choose to believe. Amen. The prophecies were about of Christ is what God would do bringing His Son on the scene to die for humanity so that we could be the people of God. Amen. He didn't just write a long story and then just put people in it. Well, this whole, this few billion here is going to hell. No, God knew who would go to heaven, who would go to hell, who would be saved, who would never be saved. He knew all, He knows everything. But you have to stick with the Word of God. It's not His will that any be lost. He didn't create hell for men, only the devils and Satan. The Bible says that. Jesus tasted death for all men by the grace of God, not just like the Calvinists teach that Jesus only died for those who will be saved. That's a lie. That's unbiblical. And it's ungodly to think that. And it will cause people, it will cause people, what's the Bible say? It will overthrow the faith of some. Any error, any error that's uh, 
pulling you away from what is truth will eventually lead you into more error and eventually you'll be shipwrecked. Your faith will be shipwrecked, overthrowing the faith of some. That's not good. That's not good. So we also see, and I've already shared with you in Ephesians 1.4, and I hope you're taking notes to look at these later, we were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. And again, we've explained that, and it is the way it is, not because we say it is, but because it's biblical. He chose us in Him. When you and I were born into this life, we were born dead in our sins and trespasses, separated from God because the first Adam represented all of humanity. There's only been two Adams, two men that God put on the earth to represent all of humanity. The first one ate off a tree God told him not to eat off of and now all humanity is dead in sins because we were all in him. Adam and Eve is your mama and daddy. You can't get around it. But God sent the last Adam, not just the next, but the Bible says the last Adam, the last representative of humanity is His Son, Jesus Christ, who is not a living soul but a life-giving spirit, the Lord from heaven, the Bible calls in 1 Corinthians 15. Read that chapter and be blessed and shout glory to God. He is the last Adam, the Lord that came from heaven, the life-giving spirit that laid His life down so that you could have eternal and abundant life life. Hallelujah. And when he died on Calvary's cross, not when he worked miracles, but when he died on Calvary's cross, let me say it again, not when he lived a perfect life. He had to, but when he died on Calvary's cross, there's where the door was opened. The new and living way was made. In his flesh, Hebrews says, when his blood was shed, his life was humbly and obediently laid down for you and me. Hallelujah. That, my friend, is where Everyone that names the name of Christ has to be identified. We have to be from our hearts before God identified with that crucifixion of Christ. Those are those that name the name of Christ. Everybody else is just naming the name of Christ, using the name of Christ as the Antichrist does. But listen, those who name the name of Christ have been identified with Him and His death by faith in what He did for us on the cross. Hallelujah. So righteousness is the foundation because that's what Jesus and His work at Calvary produced. Isaiah 32, 17 says, The work of righteousness is peace. The work of righteousness is peace. Jesus did that work of righteousness at Calvary and through His blood He made our peace. Colossians 1.20 tells us by the blood of His cross He made our peace. So the blood of His cross, His death, is the work of righteousness. Hallelujah. You need to know that. Psalms 11, 1-7 says this, In the Lord I put my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrows upon the string that they may privately shoot at the upright in heart. You know that's going on in our nation today and that's the very context of what we're reading here in Psalms. The, 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 the psalmist uh, uh, horrified that the nation of Israel would fall and be taken captive by uh, uh, enemy forces. Listen, if the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? 
Get ready. Get ready. The Lord is my holy temple. The enemy today in this nation is trying to do what he's done in most nations and that is to destroy the foundations this very nation was built upon, that of Judy Christianity. Let me just say it simply. Christianity. Christianity. This nation was built on the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the Word of the Lord. This nation of America. And the foundations of this nation are under attack. But notice, the answer is not you and your wrath going after them because the Bible declares that the wrath of man does not work righteousness. And if it's not righteous, it ain't God. If it's not producing the fruit of righteousness, it ain't God. You need to know that. You need to, you need to walk in that manner. The Lord is in His holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes behold. His eyelids try the children of men. The Lord tries the righteous. Oh, we're being tried in these last days. We're being tried by the Lord in these last days. (coughs) He tries the righteous, but the wicked, and him that loves violence, his soul hates. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire and brimstone and a horrible tempest. This shall be the portion of their cup. For the righteous Lord loves righteousness. His countenance does behold the upright. Meaning the upright, Psalms 94.15 tell us that those who are upright in heart are those who have returned to the judgment that's under righteousness. Jesus taught the same thing, John 7, 24. Don't judge on outward appearance. Don't judge by what you see. Judge righteous judgment. Hallelujah. That's good stuff. Now, Proverbs 10 and 25, I want to read this one verse to you too. As the, wind, as the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more. These things you need to think about. The wicked have always done what the wicked do. The world is growing more and more wicked. And as I said at the onset of this this teaching today, the Lord is going to remove, as He always has throughout the generations of dealing with His people, He's going to remove that that His people have trusted in. Just won't quit trusting in their chariots and their horses. They, they, they just want. It's okay to praise God and thank God for all that He's given you, but you can't trust in those things. You have to trust in Him. How do I do that? You trust in the work He provided at Calvary in His Son Jesus Christ. And that's not. If your answer is just nonchalant, well, I believe all that. Is that your focus? Because whatever you're focused on, that's what you're trusting in. Whatever you run to when you get in trouble, whatever you run to when times get hard, whatever you run to, whatever you reach for when you're in a boatload of mess, whether you've caused it or somebody else is doing it, whatever you reach for, that's what you're trusting in. Remember that. All this political mess that's gone on in the church the last four years, I'm amazed. I'm amazed 
So deceptive, so subtle how the enemy can creep in. And while you think you're fighting for your rights, you're losing your joy and your peace. and you're lo- Man, he is so subtle and deceptive. You take your eyes off of Christ and what he did at Calvary, then you're either going to be thinking that you're doing all the good or you're just a pitiful, oh, you just, oh, you just ain't worth, you ain't, you ought to be, you know, you're going to be in oppression and depression or you're going to be on top of the mountain based on self. But when you look to Calvary, my friend, self is going to be removed and you're going to begin to see the beauty of Jesus Christ. I want you to know that. The beauty of His holiness, the beauty of His righteousness. Is that what you're focused on today? Is that what you're after today? I'm sorry that messages and teachings such as God is raising up in these last days are just not what most of the church is looking for. They don't want to be warned. God's people have never wanted to be warned. But when you look at the new covenant, basically all you see is warnings of encouragement. Warnings and warnings and warnings. And I'm amazed that we today as the church, just like Israel of old, we just reach a place where we don't think we need to be warned anymore. You know it's true. Tired of being mourned. Tired of, I just want somebody to get on social media and tell me positive statements. They even make radio stations now that are just positive and encouraging. Listen, we need encouragement. We need to be positive. But outside the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, it's just men's positive words. It's men's encouragement. We need to be the Bible says, encouraged and comforted by the Scriptures. Amen. As the whirlwind passes, so is the wicked no more. But the righteous, listen, the righteous is an everlasting foundation. The righteous is an everlasting foundation. See, that proves, again, it confirms that the foundation that God laid is Jesus Christ and Him crucified because that's the only avenue of God that declares us righteous when we trust in Christ and what He did for our sins at Calvary. (coughs) It's the only avenue that declares us righteous, allows God to declare us righteous. It's the only avenue through which today, after 40, 50, 60 years of being a Christian, you can trust in and bear the fruits of that faith, which is righteousness. Don't forget... You're going to start hearing a lot more of this in the days ahead. It's the righteousness of faith. Romans chapter 4, read it. Read how many times that's written in Romans chapter 4. It's the righteousness of faith. See, far too long we've thought uh, that that just is limited to us becoming righteous when we first believe. No, 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 my friend. All of God, listen to this, write this down. I want you to go look at this. All of God's words are in righteousness. That means also in Romans 1, 16 and 17 that God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel. Up, It doesn't end there. God's righteousness is revealed in the gospel to those who go from faith to faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God, Romans 10, 17, as long as it's 
us hearing God's words in righteousness. That means based on this foundation that we have, that is sure, glory to God. That that Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is the chief cornerstone because it was laid as the foundation in His blood. In His blood. You need to remember that. And any faith that's biblical, if it's faith and it's right, it's biblical faith, it has the fruit of righteousness. The first time we believed, we were declared as righteous before God in Christ Jesus. Today, 40 years after you've been born again, if your faith is still legitimate and you haven't erred from trusting in Christ and His work alone, not all these other things added, the only thing the word and brings with it after Christ in God's mind is Christ and Him crucified. Not Christ and water, but not Christ and anything to say. It, that, that can't save you. Christ and what He did at Calvary. Christ and Him crucified. Are you okay this morning? I hope so. You're not hearing anything but Scripture. You're not hearing anything but Scripture. The righteous is an everlasting foundation. So the foundation has to do with Christ. He's the chief cornerstone. It has to do with righteousness. Think about that. Where have we been all these years? And I said we. Where have we been as a church all these years? We've been moving away from God's righteousness. We don't even really know what it means to hunger and thirst after God's righteousness. We don't really know what it means to seek God's kingdom and His righteousness first so that He can add all the things that we really have need of according to His will to our lives. We need to think about these things. We need to get serious and sincere with the Lord because the righteous is an everlasting foundation. He says, but in a great house, verse 20, but in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now, he is talking about people here because, listen, if you want to understand the Scriptures better, you may heal the Holy Spirit better, then you're going to have to Look back and look ahead and look around in the Scriptures. If you look at verse 21, he said, watch this. We're not going to leave verse 20, but you have to leave it to look ahead. It's kind of like riding a motorcycle. If you're riding a motorcycle and you look down at the wheel to try to see where you're going, you're going to turn over. But they train you when you learn to ride a motorcycle. You take training. In Texas, you have to take training to get your license. They train you when you're riding a motorcycle. There's a curve coming. You look ahead. It it sounds far-fetched. and Oh, I don't know about that. I'm just going to look right here. No, you don't look right there. It ain't going to work for you. You look ahead and you'll be amazed at how you just follow that curve just because that's where you're looking, where you're going. Sort of like that in the Scriptures. You got to look back. You got to look ahead. You got to look around. Why don't we learn that? 
in the Scriptures as we study. I, pr- I know the Holy Spirit's going to help us with that. We're going to look back, we're going to look ahead, and we're going to look around in the Scriptures. Because if you look ahead, you'll see in verse 21, if a man... If a man therefore purge himself from these, he shall be a vessel unto honor. Now, now I'm not going to read the whole verse. I just want you to see the vessel is pertaining to a man. See how, see how that's going to make this a whole lot easier. Don't ever just read through the Bible and keep reading when you don't understand something. Stop. Ask the Lord to help you. Ask the Lord to help you and find somebody who's preaching the message of the cross because that's the avenue through which God's going to impart the truth of His Word and that's what we have to be learning how to rightly divide the Word of truth. Amen. It's not just the Word of God the Holy Spirit leads us in. It's the the truth of God's Word He guides us into. Hallelujah. We can use God's Word outside of the truth. You go back up, you'll see verse 18, who concerning the truth have erred, causing the faith of some to be overthrown. That's because they're holding God's truths in an unrighteous manner. Romans 1.18 says the wrath of heaven is revealed against the ungodliness and unrighteousness of those who do that. That's not talking about a lost world. That's talking about people holding, using the truth of God, but in an unrighteous manner, outside of that righteous foundation of Christ and Him crucified. Got to be careful. It's been going on for years. The church is in so much blindness and deception that when people come along preaching the true foundation of God... Which is not the foundation of which is not your denomination or your this or the that. When they when men and women come along today preaching the true foundation of God, <laughs> they're not liked. They're pushed aside. They're shunned. Instead of shunning the profaneness of words and bab, of babbling, they 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 shun the preachers of righteousness. Don't worry. It's the picture Jesus gave us of the time when he would come. It would be just as in the days of Noah. And the Bible proclaims Noah as a preacher of righteousness. And didn't nobody want to hear it? Let me say that again. Didn't nobody want to hear it? They moved away. They got away. I'm not listening to him. That's foolish to think that God would flood the whole world except for those eight people. Come on now. Oh, you better hear it. And it doesn't matter if you believe it or not. It's true. It's true. God is true. His word is true. Let every man be a liar. So we go back now and we read verse 20. But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and silver, but of wood and earth, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Now again, and we're running out of time this morning, and we'll get back into this next week. We've got a few minutes left, but this is you have to keep the context. It's not hard to understand these things and there's all sorts of things written in all sorts of men's commentaries today but only those who are walking in the light of the cross are going to be able to hear the Spirit and write the right things. You need to understand that. It's only those who are hearing and sharing God's words in righteousness in the context of that foundation of God's words. All God's words are in 
righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Write it down. Ask the Lord to help you. All His words are in righteousness. That means you're not going to get a hold of them until they're revealed to you in the gospel through the blood. For some of our new watchers, let me just share what Moses said after they sprinkled half the blood of an animal that was killed. We read this in Exodus 24. This is so profound, so wonderful to those who God is able to bring back to faith and grace, faith in the cross alone in these last days. And we're learning to fight the good fight of faith and cling to that. And we, we all have trouble, but we're learning to cling to that. Amen, Brother Curtis. We all have trouble, but we're learning. He is able to teach us this great truth day by day. They killed an animal. They sacrificed an animal. They put half the blood in a basin. They sprinkled the other half on the altar. Then they read the words of the law. This is in Exodus 24. Write it down. Then they declared the words of the law. And the people said, We will obey all that's been spoken. And then they took the other half of the blood and sprinkled it on the people. And this was the declaration of Moses. Behold... Not the words of the covenant. Behold the blood of the covenant which I've made with you concerning all these words. Oh, so profound. Oh, so wonderful when you have this burning as a fire in your heart. Behold the blood of the covenant which I've made with you concerning all these words. And the new covenant, Jesus said in Luke 22 and 20, is in His blood. The new covenant is in His blood. So all the words of God that are in righteousness have to be seen. They're only revealed in the gospel because the gospel is what Christ did at Calvary by the laying down of His life, humbly and obediently shedding His blood. Hallelujah. That we might have remission of sins and become the children of God and begin to be led by the Spirit of truth into all truth, God's Word as our truth and the light to our path. Hallelujah. Good stuff. Glory to God. This is what we need to be hearing. This is what we need to be learning. It will guard us from profane and vain babblings. It will guard us from the Hymenaeuses and Philetuses of today of which I used to be one but am no longer. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We've come back to the truth. So when we see the word vessels and we'll start here next week. You don't want to miss it. The word vessels is referring to people. People. Again, the context is there's a foundation. Nevertheless, there's a foundation that's sure. And it has a seal. The Lord knows those that are His and those who name the name of Christ, let them depart from iniquity. That can only happen through faith in what the foundation really is, Christ and Him crucified. But there are those teaching false things. They're erring concerning the truth, causing the faith of many to be overthrown. That's what the context is here. So he's talking about, when we see the word vessels, he's talking about people. 
And we're going to get into that next week. Please be with us. And I'll just make a note right here. And uh, this is where we'll start next week. And I just praise God for what the Lord is saying and what the Lord is doing in these last days among His people. He's trying to awaken us to righteousness. If you wake up, my friend, out of that slumber that you may have been in, it's under righteousness or you haven't awakened. You might awaken to the reality of what wickedness is trying to do to our nation. You might awaken to the reality of that, but you're not going to wake up unto the Lord until you are awakened unto righteousness. Come back to the cross. See God's Word in the light in which it was written. All His words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. He establishes His people in righteousness. Isaiah 54, 14. You need to know this. God establishes His people by His Word when they're hearing it in its righteous context, which is the gospel context. Not just because we're saved by the gospel, but because we've been saved by the gospel through faith in the cross, which is the gospel, but now we're learning God's Word in that same light. Remember, the path of the just is where God's light shining. The path of the just shines more until that perfect day. God bless you. Look forward to seeing you again next Friday here at 9 a.m. Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. Be sure and tell your friends, co-workers, and families where they can tune in and learn God's words of great amazing truth to all who will hear and believe and trust in Him. We're so blessed and thankful. Don't forget to pray for us. So into the ministry if God is touching your heart through this ministry, you can do that at thecrosswaychurch.com or you can also text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. Praise God. Love you. And see you next time. Until then, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We will see you next week.